So as I get older, I have a, a tenuous relationship with sports jerseys. <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, I wore them a lot. Like I was pretty much known for them as a teenager. But now I kind of look at them and I'm like, you're an adult. I say that in myself and I say that in other people. Today, though, I noticed a new threshold that I was like, no, now you've officially gone too far. Because I, I try not to, to piss on people's fandom. Yeah. But as I was waiting for you in my lobby, I saw a gentleman walk through with a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, a Toronto St. Pat's jersey, actually, that he had just picked up from the dry cleaner. <laughs> I think that's a bridge too far. Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 219 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast on my movie-loving website, matinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. I should say, first of all, that my, myself and my guest are both suffering from um, cold-like maladies, which you can probably hear in our voices. However, we promise that it is not contagious through your earbuds or your speakers so uh get in good and close and uh, enjoy the gooey goodness um but we made it everybody winter's over this past week the equinox occurred and the great thaw began the ground will start to thaw the leaves will return to the trees the skies will get brighter and before long we'll all be able to come out of our deep hibernation that winter seems to drive us into kind of seems like that with films too you know after the barren wasteland of january and february there are signs of life on the marquee and the stories that we're soaking up what's more Spring brings people back out of their dark and cozy caves. It sparks them to interact with one another again. And that's largely been a theme of this year's episodes, as I've spent most of them bringing back old friends I haven't spoken to a long time or near enough. And the trend continues today. I am really excited, gang, since today's guest is one I always have a lot of fun talking to uh, and usually learn something from. And I'm always uh, left tempted to dive deeper and deeper into an area of film that, quite frankly, messes me up. She is the brains behind View from the Dark, a site you can find at viewfromthedark.ca. She's also one of the team on Blood in the Snow, the Blood in the Snow Film Festival. Carolyn Morissette is here. How are you, Carolyn Morissette? Hi. Aside from, aside yes. from the aforementioned <laughs> gooey sinus infection. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm okay. Yeah, aside from the cold, but yeah. it's it's a nice sunny day, you mm. know, even though uh, we were discussing the subway chaos. But <laughs> You can't have everything, you no, know? If, I know it's a, yeah. if it's a crummy day, everything runs on time. Exactly. We really have to make do with the gifts that we're given. Yes. Um, so, but I'm, I'm very glad that you're here and that you made it yes. across the city. <laughs> On episode 219, we will be discussing Jordan Peele's Us. We'll be turning the record over to play the other side. But first, we need to learn more about Carolyn. This is Know Your Enemy. Carolyn first appeared on episode 171 where we discussed a cure for wellness. I was right, by the way. I said in that episode that I do see myself throwing it on for kicks just to have something to look at, and I have done that. Yeah. Like when I've been editing shows, I'll usually put a movie on just for my eyes to, like, on mute. I've been doing that with a cure for wellness. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to, like, listen to it again, <laughs> but it's pretty. Um, we learned in that episode that the first film she'd ever seen in a theater was The Apple Dumpling Gang. The last movie she'd seen at the time was The Girl on the Train. The worst film she'd ever seen was Nurse 3D. 
The unseen classic or essential was Easy Rider. Still? Still. Still I haven't watched it. All right. No. Yeah. And the film she wished she made was David Cronenberg's Crash. Yeah. Quick little diversion. I read that book this year. Yeah. I swore everybody was judging me. Yeah. Because I'm like, and the cover wasn't even that overt, but I'm like, everybody knows what this book is about. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. having, everybody's thinking it. I think Vigo Morgenson is um, hosting a he screening. Is. Yeah. He is. I, I want to see if I can get out yeah. to that. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd feel, I'd feel less dirty about that than reading the book. Yeah. <laughs> On round two, that was on episode 176, where we discussed Colossal. We learned the film that she digs that seemingly nobody else does is Lords of Salem. The film that everybody else likes that she doesn't is The Innkeepers. The last movie to make her cry was Moonlight. In the movie of her life, she'd be played by Megan Good. And next, uh, she wasn't watching the film so much as she was watching a TV show called uh, Jordskot, a, uh, a Swedish killing TV show. Time for round three. Ms. Morissette, what is the film, and interpret this question any way you wish, what was the film that made your love of film turn a corner? Um, I remember, and this is like a memory that keeps coming up for me, uh, my dad took us to see E.T. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I want an alien best friend too. I, I know I went to see Star Wars in the theaters when it first came out, and my, my dad was always taking us to see like the big blockbuster yeah, films. Yeah. And um, that one was like, oh, space is cool. <laughs> and then, but E.T. is the one that really kind of grabbed me, and I'm like, wow, like, I think it's the whole spectacle of filmmaking, and like, there, there was like a, an alien, and like, it just actually made that film made me kind of believe in something other than what was right in front of me. Wow. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that kind of made me, I succumbed to the wonder of film, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. the power of the medium that we sometimes forget. Like when we're, when we're talking about what these films mean and how good they are and mm -hmm. how good they're not and how they're sold and all that jazz, we kind of forget that at its essence, it's, it's, trying to spark imagination right whether it's great big spectacle like et or, or even something smaller and lower lower boil it's it's deliberately trying to pull on emotion yeah and we're especially susceptible to that as children um i think i got to thinking about that with some of the recent disney films um and i'm not talking about the the uh, star wars films or the the marvel films but movies like Tomorrowland and yes. um, Wrinkle in Time mm -hmm. and those kinds of movies that may not necessarily land as a grown-up but if we were watching them like the age you and I were for E.T. Yeah. they would probably hit us a lot a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. I wish that a Wrinkle in Time was around when I was a kid because mm -hmm. you see this little black girl and like she's really smart in math and like I always kind of had this belief that I wasn't smart enough for math or mm. like for physics or whatever and i don't think i think it was just basically i didn't have a good teacher <laughs> i blame the teachers um, <laughs> me too yeah but like yeah i think i would have really it would have really connected with me like i took my um my my knee okay i'm gonna say it my great niece wow <laughs> yeah she's like 12 or 13 we took her to see escape room okay and she Wait, was what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, because uh, my niece, okay. All right, who okay. is in her 30s, gotcha. has yeah. a daughter. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So we took her to see Escape Room, and she was just floored. And I said, Do you, I asked her outright, I'm like, Did you like that the lead character is a, a young black girl? And she's like, 
yeah <laughs> she was so jazzed so for me like if if i if i had seen that sort of thing when i was a kid i think that would have yeah it, it even though like et like it was a uh you know you're not really a typical white family but you know all the, the characters were white i still felt that next what is what was one of your first date movies <laughs> oh she's snickering already <laughs> okay. love me to get love me to get comfortable so I haven't had a lot of good dates, let's just say. <laughs> and up until now, my, my partner, he's a wonderful fellow. He's like three years in, like he's, he's my person. Gotcha. But before then, <laughs> um, I have to say the most memorable date at slash date movie uh, was a mistake, first of all. <laughs> it was my first date with this guy who was very quiet and a little bit odd and we went to see Basic Instinct. And <laughs> I was like sitting in the theater going, this is a mistake. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, it was the most awkward. Oh, my God. It was so awkward. It was so awkward. And I that, remember. That was, yeah, like that's, I mean, that can be a date movie. But as a first date. Yeah. Wow. Like. I had, I was like, oh, you, yeah, did sure. Did either of you know what you were getting into? Um. I can't even remember. I don't even know why. I think we probably missed the our first choice. I can't even remember okay, what our voice okay. first. I think it was at the Humber. Right. It was a, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they were showing. I think we missed the first movies. So we're like, oh yeah, we'll just go see this. Oh god. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh man. It was so awkward. But he was a very he was a strange fellow. <laughs> he was just well. I mean, yeah. like that. That's the kind of movie that if somebody, if you were to tell me that the guy was really great and he was outgoing and you had like you had a lot of fun and it was like okay, let's go see a movie and that was the movie. At the very least, like you know, you could probably have a really fun conversation after that. You know, like so that happened. Um, you know, or what did you think of like that kind of thing? But if somebody is quiet and reserved yeah. already. And they, and you're watching a femme fatale, and you're watching, you know, uh, there's a whole lesbian subplot, isn't there? Yeah, her and, like her the, and Anne Hache. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing there wasn't a second date. Well, uh, we we actually talked a lot more on the phone. And he, anyways, this is we're di digressing. No, no, we're not. Very, no, we're, oh, okay. This is very much he off was topic. It's very strange. And like, I would be on the phone with him, and I'm like, are you still there? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what are those? I was like, gotcha. okay, and I just and I actually had to say, you know what? Yeah, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> this is on point this week, uh, Carolyn. What is your sick day movie? Um, any kind of CGI monster movie. I love that stuff. Like so, anything. Like uh, the other, I don't know. A couple months ago, I was just feeling like garbage, and I happened to put the TV on, and Doom was on with uh, The Rock. Oh no. Yeah. Why? Wait, why? why? It was just horrible, but I'm like, monsters. Uh, like, just give me a, uh, I, I have my list, Resident okay. Evil, like Silent Hill, like those CGI monsters, they're just comfort food for me. I just <laughs> love them. And then even, um, do you remember that movie? I think it's it's Ghost of Mars with like Ice Cube. And, yes. Yeah. That movie is trash. Okay, trash. you want to watch trash. I love it. Like, give it to me and I'm under my covers and I have a cat on either side of me and okay. just like yeah that's it's, i mean like this is i was i was thinking about this this week because um as i was nursing the cold i was eating ice cream and it really yeah. it occurred to me i'm like this is not good for me at all no it's, it's actually probably worse but at the same time it, this is what i'm 
I'm looking for, which is weird for me. I'm usually I'm usually like drawn to starches. I'm usually like, you know, give me like breads and muffins and yes. pastas and that kind of thing. So I guess that's sort of the same kind of thing is you want something that is in no way nourishing. No. Um. <laughs> it kind of like you don't want to have to think about it. Like I'm not going to put on something like an art house horror or something. Right. And then sit there during my – because I'm just like, I don't get it right now. I'm too tired, you know. Like, then just you, then you want to watch Doom. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. All I right. hope there's another one coming out, isn't there? Probably. Uh, anyway. they're, they're not going to let that one die. <laughs> No way. Um, okay, I mean, it's it's your sick day, man. Do yeah. do what makes you feel more comfortable. Uh, what was the last film to leave you speechless? Um, I'll say speechless and breathless uh, was the Suspiria remake. I still haven't got around to that. Oh, okay, I, yeah. So I've I've seen the original, yes. um, and mm-hmm. I know that this one it's only connected really in name, right? Like, I, I mean, it's isn't it like twice as long? Yes, name and and basically the story. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, same, I wasn't sure. I yeah. thought I'd heard. Yeah, so it's basically the same story. Um, however, it's just a re, uh, reimagined. I feel like the film is really special to me because I used to be a dancer ages ago. Okay. And I, they really focus on dancing in this version. Okay, and which they don't in the original. No, it's kind of like, a, kind of like that's what she does, but yeah. then here's all this other crazy, <laughs> right, right. psychedelic, beautiful, okay. colorful stuff. But this... Uh, I felt it was really earthy and grounded and very much um, involved in the dance as being like an, an alchemy for like, you know, it's a physical manifestation yes, thank of, you. Of, of power, <laughs> Cold power brain. within. Yeah. It, it really does manifest that power, the okay. witch's power. And uh, yeah, I just, the, there's that one scene where they're doing a performance and I, literally like was holding my breath wow. and I think because of Suspiria it's like the whole breath thing is really emphasized in okay. the, the sound design and it's just an, it's an incredible okay. film I know there's a lot of people that hate it but well I think uh, you know it, it's funny because um, a friend of the show Kurt Halfyard actually he wanted mm. to do an episode on it right um, I just I was like I, I don't know if I'm going to get around to it um, but I'm like good to know mm-hmm. um, so I know it has it's fans. I think. I, I really think if it was called anything else, I really think it would probably have an easier time of things. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of these things that, especially within the genre community, is kind of sacrosanct, right? It's like no, no, no. We're not gonna. It's it's a realm of film that really treads on remake, like mm-hmm. really, really, really treads on remake, and I think that that can have mixed emotions for everybody. Yeah. So. When, whenever you try to get to one of the ones that everybody thinks was done just fine the first time, um, it can be really, really difficult. But, I mean, obviously you're a fan of the original. Yes. So seeing, so seeing something, like that, that, that to me is really encouraging. I'm mm-hmm. saying, I went into something, I knew what I was getting into, and it went and did something completely different, and mm-hmm. that landed for me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're completely different films. Yeah. Like, completely different. So it's kind of... You can compare it in terms of how the story is told in the new one, but it it's they're just completely different animals. Okay. Um, and it's funny because I know a dancer who said that she hated it because huh. it, it, to her it didn't represent dance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And to me, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I remember kind huh. of dancing and like, it, yeah. Last but not <laughs> least for now, what is a movie quote that would be your epitaph? You're smiling. I've been thinking about this one and thinking about this one, and um, I live for cheese. 
I'll just tell you this. I'm a vegetarian, but uh, I can't go vegan. Oh, literally cheese. Yeah, cheese. Okay. I thought you meant like actual. Bad, I, th- the... I thought you meant like bad films. No, no, like, oh, we, that yeah, we discussed too. that. Right. Okay. I do live for that kind okay. of cheese, yes. but I do love my cheese, and I can't be vegan because okay. I love my cheese. Right. So um, I have chosen uh, from a grand day out, Wallace and Gromit. We'll go somewhere where there's cheese. <laughs> I'm not kidding because I love cheese. If um, I don't have cheese at least once a day, it's a bad day. <laughs> a few dozen times I've asked that question. I can promise you nobody's ever come close to that answer. <laughs> not even close. I was thinking of like, should I go for something deep? But cheese is always on my mind. I, I, I <laughs> Ask my boyfriend. He knows cheese. When you come back for your fourth episode, first of all, I'll make sure that there is cheese because okay. there's actually a really good shop around the corner. Okay. Uh, maybe you should visit before you go. <laughs> The subway sure not moving. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So yeah. there we go. That's more about Carolyn. Um, we'll learn more about her when she comes back for a fourth go-round. Um, the movie we're going to talk about this week, um, I feel like I'm saying this more and more often these days, but uh, I have to once again. Uh, generally, this show does try to stay spoiler-free. However, I feel like this is a movie that is being sold one way and really is more than what it seems and then is even more than what it seems. So um, consider yourself warned. There will be a spoiler-laden discussion of us, including a really spoilery part when we talk about the ending uh, coming up. Um, so if you've seen it, join. If you want to hear about a movie that you have no intention of ever seeing, and we can spoil the heck out of it, hey, great, we're happy to have you. Um, but if you want to stay in the dark, uh, pardon the metaphor, um, then just kind of skip ahead and come on back whenever you see the movie. But we are going to talk about Jordan Peele's Us right after this. Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that likes to light another joint like Cypress Hill I still feel these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it Go get the S-T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh Rolling joints like a cigarette Us is directed and written by Jordan Peele And if you're playing a drinking game at home Take a swig every time we mention Get Out Although we will try to keep it to a minimum it stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker, Shahadi Wright, Joseph, and Evan Alex. Us begins by introducing the audience to young Adelaide in 1986 America. We watch one night as the girl wanders away from her parents, eventually finding her way into an amusement park funhouse. The experience would have a deep effect on her childhood and her future. In the present, Adelaide and her husband, Gabe Wilson, that's Winston Duke, are taking their children, Zora and Jason, on summer holiday. One night, after a day at the beach, the family notices another family standing outside their home in the dark. Soon, the strangers force their way into the Wilson family's home and their lives with the unexpected twist. Each one looks exactly like the family whose lives they haven't intruded, leading Jason to say succinctly, it's us. The strangers' attentions are not at all peaceful, nor is the larger phenomenon that they are just one small part of. Two years ago, Jordan Peele smacked the cover off the ball by bringing us Get Out. Take a drink. A thriller that wore its intentions and ideas about race right there on its sleeve. Now he's back at bat with Us, a film that, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, is far less overt about what's on its mind. So much so that one could be forgiven if they just wanted to consider this a straight-up thriller. So pop quiz, Hotshot. This is your genre. When is it? at its best, when it's making its intentions known, or when it's letting you do the heavy lifting? Um, I think 
the heavy lifting because I think really uh, people uh, don't give horror enough credit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, and I think there's a time for everything. There's some ones where you, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, there's like, you know, a nightmare on Elm Street. There you have uh, Freddy coming after you. And then there's something like us or like Get Out where you have to dig a little deeper, you know, and especially in us. That one, I mean, get your shovels, <laughs> you know, prime, get your shoveling arm prime because it, there's so much to this film. And I actually really enjoy um, going in there and deep diving because you'll see something different every time. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I enjoy the deep diving. So, okay. yeah. Um, it's funny because this film, it's such a deep dive mm -hmm. that one could be forgiven if they actually just stayed on the surface. Oh, yeah. You know, like if one wanted just to consider this a home invasion thriller that's got a, you know, that, that's got a spin at the end, um, they could just take that. Mm -hmm. They could totally take that and run and, you know, without argue, you know, with, without argument of there's this happening to this family and they've got to shake it loose mm -hmm. and this is how they do it. And, oh, by the way, there's also this. Um... But, yeah, if you want to pick it apart thread by thread and metaphor by metaphor and, and, and symbol by symbol, you can. Uh, you know, it's the same way as, like, it's the same way as English class. Yeah. Right? If you want to just consider Tom Sawyer a book about Tom Sawyer, you can. If you want to ask yourself, what does painting the fence mean, you can. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's, it's a strange thing because I think... It goes beyond just, is it scary or is it not scary? Because we talked about that on one of the last, I think we talked about it um, with one of the, with one of your Know Your Enemy questions. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, how humor and, and fear are both just visceral reactions. Either mm -hmm. you, you react or you don't. Yeah. And that's the, su the success. Um, sometimes some of these movies are including more. And it's it's up to you, really. Do you want to just kind of say, wow, that was, that was freaky and move on? Or do you mm -hmm. want to be like, I wonder what's the deal with that, or what's the deal with that, and, and, and parse it out. Yeah. Um, I take it by your by your reaction that you like this movie. Um, you know what? Uh, I actually went to see it with Courtney. He was okay. good enough to take me with him, and uh, we were just sitting there after the movie ended, and I it I felt like overwhelmed by it. Huh. Yeah, and I wasn't sure at first. Like I'm like, do I like this film? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I really felt like I I. I could not gather my thoughts. There was so much to it. Of course, after I started thinking about it, um, I loved it. And actually, I got, I don't scare easily. Mm -hmm. And on my way home, I got kind of freaked out by <laughs> these people that were walking ahead of me. Oh, wow. Very, in a very strange way. Were they holding um, hands? No, they were actually, it was like a, a family, family of, of four. They were pushing a stroller, but the way oh, they were no. walking. Ba babies are freaky. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. And I was like, do I look in the stroller as I scurry past them? Or like what? Like it just <laughs> actually, it really messed with my mind. Huh. So I have to say, I, I love this film because it actually scared me. Okay. And I can't tell you why. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because I, I'm, I've, I'm of kind of the same opinion. Like there is... I can probably count on one hand the amount of times we've recorded an episode of this show straight out of the theater. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like really and truly in, in over 200 shows that has happened very, very seldom, especially once I get away from festivals. Yeah. And I believe that there's a reason for that. I believe that there's, I want to let some of these movies kind of swim around in my brain, love them or hate them. Mm -hmm. I, I want to let them 
settle. And coming out of this film, I I wasn't sure what I thought. I was like, I enjoyed myself. I knew that much. But I wasn't sure if I loved it or if I kind of liked it or what I thought and what it was going for. Um, I will say that I actually I didn't find it that scary, but that was okay. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't really feel like it's it's crazy because this movie is sold as a nightmare. Yeah. Like you look at the, the the people that Jordan Peele got to cut the trailers for this movie, it looks absolutely terrifying. You know, like you know, you got bunnies, you got scissors, you got throat <laughs> speaking. Oh yes. no, no, sorry, uh-uh. Yeah. So I was I was really expecting just to be pinned into my seat. And I mean I was. I, I was wrapped for sure. But I was engaged with it more than I was genuinely freaked out. Yeah. Um, which is still, I think, it shows restraint. You know, um, it's a genre that is largely built on how scared you can make your audience, how grossed out you can make your audience, how much you can get away with. And while this film is really messed up mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it never wants to overplay its hand. Yeah. I think. Um, I wanted to jump right right ahead to, again, uh, you know, this is something I say on the show a lot when I get here. This is your milieu. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did I miss? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I normally, when I'm going to talk about a film or I review a film, I don't look at what other people say because yeah. I like to form yeah, my me own too. thoughts. But this time, I'm like, I don't need, I felt like I missed a lot. Right. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I don't think you can miss anything because I think this film requires multiple viewings. Because you see one thing at this, like, I know I came away with one major thought about the film, but I know the next time I see it, I'm going to come out with something else. And I was fascinated by what other people saw. I think to miss something, I think Peel has made it so packed and so um, rich with material. Mm -hmm. I think he wants you to see it multiple times. So I think he wants you to miss something Okay. because there's a lot going on. So you, you can kind of focus on one thing. Um, and then like, I mean, it's hard not to focus on Lupita because she was brilliant in this film. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the duality, um, the consumerism, like a forgotten class, like there's so much you can, mm-hmm. I actually just on my way here, I saw uh, an article and someone had just, uh, written a whole thing about the biblical passage yeah. and how, and they related to it in a biblical sense. Mm. And the whole, the whole article was on like how, uh, we're in for it because God's pissed at us. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's funny. You know? That was that was something that I did want to get to. So mm-hmm. you know, we, we let's let's go right here. If, if somebody yeah. wants to know what to think about this movie or what this movie has on its mind, early on in this film, um, young Adelaide is when she's on the boardwalk, she sees a man holding a holding a sign with a mm-hmm. biblical passage, which I feel like I don't see that as much anymore. But nope. for a while there, it was a thing, um, and the, the 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 sign just says Jeremiah eleven eleven. So if you're like Carolyn and I, the second you get out of the thing, you Google Jeremiah eleven eleven. Thank you very much, Jordan Peele, for at least picking a passage that would stick in a brain. Yeah. If he had said something like Galatians four twelve, I would have been like, okay, I'm not going to remember which book that was or which verse. But Jeremiah eleven eleven, I can remember. Jeremiah eleven eleven goes like this: Therefore, thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Wow. I mean, like, yeah. that is bleak. 
Like when you when you consider that that is in the Bible, you know, a book that is supposed to be about comfort and guidance and redemption. Um, nice pull. <laughs> but yeah, if, if we're just going with that as as symbolism for this movie and this tale that somebody could act like could look to their fellow man for hope or their fellow person for hope and they just say sorry i mean one it's a bleak thought but two it's you know what we're all guilty of that yeah at least once a day um that to me like it's it's crazy because that does encapsulate the film and yet kind of blink and you'll miss it stuff and that's just one of the more overt ones yeah that is really the movie you know, like, don't ask for help because you might not get it. Yeah. When, when we when we meet, uh, what are they, the, the tethered is kind of how they're yes. referred to. Yes. Um, which we should, okay, so we should kind of get to that because we've been dancing around this. Yes. <laughs> is, so not only do we have the family, um, but we learn that everybody has a doppelganger and they're, at the, on this untethering day, they're rising up. Um, that's messed up. Yeah. Have you seen that kind of thing in a movie before? I think the only way I've seen that is if, like, the hell mouth has opened. And, like, you know, they're coming, like, in Buffy. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know, that sort of thing. Or one at a time. Yes. Like, like there's a movie we'll talk about later in the other other side. Yes. But, like, I've seen a movie about doppelgangers and doubles and being switched out. Yeah. But I've never seen a movie where it's like, hey, we all have a copy. Yeah. You know, and, and they're coming up. And that's, I mean, again, that's one of the ways that this these themes of this movie are really pronounced is Mm -hmm. it's this movie wants to tell us that we're, we're very comfy to say that those problems are those problems because they're not our problems, Mm -hmm. but it's because we never see ourselves. And yet odds are there's people who, whatever their situation is that we don't want to help have a lot in common with us, either physically or just their situation. Yeah. And it would terrify us. To look at it. Yeah. You know, the hands across America thing. Mm. Like. That's another deep pull. Yeah. And the basically the. It, it didn't work. You know. No? I mean, apparently I, I did some research. I remember that when I was a kid. I yeah, think me too. I was like 16 or something. And I saw that, the whole TV thing. And um, apparently they wanted to raise money for homelessness and hunger and they actually spent more than they raised. Right. So it was com- it was a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, and I, to me, that just showed like the absurdity of the American dream. Like, you know, um, Lupita and her family they they've actually reached the pinnacle. They have a summer house. They're going to the beach. I mean, that's what everybody wants: a boat. You know, two point five kids. Well, not everybody, because I don't. give me some cats (laughs) i digress but like that's what they 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 posited as the american dream like this is what you're supposed to want Mm -hmm. so they've gotten that but then you see their neighbors who have a little bit more Mm -hmm. you know and then you see the tethered who have nothing who want what lupita or i should say adelaide has yeah and adelaide want a husband wants what his friends have yeah you know so it's just kind of like a the, the the one fish eats the other, the other fish eats, it's just a, it's an endless cycle of, of, of wanting more. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a brave choice to include that as a symbol Mm -hmm. because I feel like we're almost at the point where that is a forgotten 
touchstone of pop culture. It's mm -hmm. come up, like, I mean, it came up on The Simpsons, it came up on The Goldbergs, but if you weren't alive in the 80s, you have no idea what that is or what it was out to do. Yeah. And like you, like, I kind of had to do a refresher on what were they trying to do? You know, I knew it was a, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't yeah. actually know what the end result was supposed to be. I was like, was it for... I was like, was it for homelessness? Yeah. I, was like, I, was like, I was like, what was the point? Um, and and then to discover that as time went on, we realized, like a lot of not for profit, that it was it was misleading, right? Yeah. And that's that's a whole other thing. I mean, this whole movie could be looked at in that scope of when you set out to help, do you sometimes do more harm than you actually help? Are you caught up, like you said, in your own ego of status and well i am doing this because i want to help and i need to raise my profile to raise the money to be able to do the help or is it really because you want to have that lifestyle and your your message is clouded yeah um it's and and i mean it, it's funny because it almost doesn't work in like in i mean like the metaphor yeah almost doesn't work in this the the i think what the Handy thing is, is at, the, is at the very least, it makes for a great visual, you know, because it get when it gets echoed later, it's freaky as hell. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if I think about that, if if somebody was seeing that on TV in the '80s of what America was doing, in like, you know, Afghanistan, they would probably they would be like, "What are these white people doing? Yeah, why are they? What? 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 what like, why are they just standing there?" Why are they holding hands? What? Why? What? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to like, like live, live, and survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have time to put on matching t-shirts and hold hands. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it's kind of absurd. It's kind of scary. It makes perfect sense. It would be doubled into something in this movie that is both absurd and scary. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Um, we've, we've touched on Lupita a few times mm -hmm. already. Um, she's incredible in this movie. I was blown away. First of all, she looks like a beautiful doll. Mm. So it's like, I just, any picture of her I see, I'm just like mesmerized because she's stunning. Yeah. Also, um, I was watching, um, it's like an interview. There's a series of little clips from an interview with Jordan Peele and Tanana Reeve Du, and there's a few other writers. And he was saying that uh, he specifically picked her because she's um, an award-winning actress and where's her leading role, right? Right. right. Um, and I think obviously it's a, this is a bigger story, but there's colorism where because she's so dark, um, you know, that maybe Hollywood doesn't know what to do with her, but mm. obviously Jordan Peele does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the fact that she had to play two separate characters um, was brilliant. Just she's, I think she's blowing everybody away with her performance. And so nuanced and so... And I wonder how much fun she's had playing the two characters as well, because yeah. that gives her a chance to really dig deep. And apparently, I heard he asked her to watch Martyrs. Oh wow! As like kind of, as a um, preparing for yeah. the role. Yeah. So to me, that's fascinating because that's one of my favorite films. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. So um, you're right. I mean, Lapita. It's now five years six years since mm -hmm. she won an oscar mm -hmm. um for her role in 12 years a slave and she's she's been around but i mean it's mostly voice work yeah um which is strange in its own right um i think the, the, the what i loved about this is 
red, her double, like the, the, the name for her doppelganger mm. is one thing, but I enjoyed watching her as a, an upper class mother and wife, mm -hmm. you know, just, just like no, like no downtrodden story. No, no, you know, like, like bootstraps ups kind of story. It's just like, yeah, here's the kind of person who, you know, just exists in America. Right. And just is and is married to this person and has these two kids and, and has a life and a home and went through some, went through some shit. Yeah. You know, like we, we see Adelaide as a girl and we can kind of see how that's formulated who she is and everything. But it's it's there's no asterisk on on that role. It's just this is an American wife and, and mother and woman. And this is her story. And right? I think, yeah, that's and, what Peel wanted to do, too. He wanted to show a black family living what a quote unquote a regular life, but you know, as a child, she was taken to a therapist. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's it's important to show that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then, so she. I mean, she she does incredible with that. Just watching her. There's what we said about that. How you watch this movie again, and you see more. Like mm -hmm. it, when when you get to the payoff, then you go back. You are gonna see a whole lot more that you didn't yes. see the first time. It's all there. Yeah. Um, so, so watching that first of all is is wonderful, and watching her get protective of her kids, watching her interact with Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker, mm -hmm. and even just watching her shake her head at her husband when he gets his boat, you know, yeah. like, like stuff like it's really good. She has to tell. There comes a point where she has to tell the story mm -hmm. that we saw at the beginning of the movie, and it's incredible watching her tell that story. Watching her tell that story. First of all, mm -hmm. right, and how she tells it, and what she decides to leave out, and how she decides to tell it, because it's a trauma. And anytime you have to recount a trauma, you're never going to do it the same way twice, and it's always hard. Mm -hmm. So it's everything from the look on her face to, and this is even before shit gets real. Mm -hmm. Like she's just had kind of a bumpy day, yeah, and she has to tell it, yeah. Then knowing what we know at the end and filling in those gaps, it's like holy Hannah. Take all that on its own. That would be an awesome performance. Now you got to do it again from the point of view of Red. Yeah. Who is not a caricature. Like that is the kind of boogeyman that could so easily just get lost. And she just nails it like no perfect every time. Yeah, absolutely. From the that voice that she had to create. Wow. Which right? was, yeah. And to the way she told her experience, I was riveted. I was just like, oh my God. And it, for, to me, I'm just, when I was watching it, um, again, I was trying to just sit there and then absorb, I like to absorb a film, mm -hmm. just kind of take it in, take it in. But when she was doing that speech, I'm like, oh my God, this is like every person who hasn't had a chance in the world, you know? And They've had enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just to prove it was no fluke, we, we get it again. Yeah. Like late in the movie, we get another speech where we're mostly just listening to Red. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to tell you my story, whether you want me to or not. Yeah. You know, and you're just, you're going to listen. Um, yeah. Her and, and yeah, watching like it's, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a fluke that she's a dancer. No. Um, because, and both of them are supposed to have danced at one point or another. And we watch her posture, we watch her gestures, um, even just like some, like sometimes she'll kind of accent a gesture with like a, like a, uh, like kind of like mm -hmm. a throat kind mm -hmm. of go. It's spellbinding. Yeah. You know, she, she's 
like I think it's crazy to say this about an Oscar winner, but she's underrated as an actor. So much, like it, it just blows my mind. Yeah, uh, just like you know what, like can you not? It just feels like they're always casting from a certain pool, certain pool, certain pool. Like, just branch out. There's yeah. people out there with this talent. Yeah. But you touch on the dance. And again, I'm coming from a, a Bring dance. it. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So when I was watching that and you see, like, the perfect performance and then the, the you know, hellish performance almost, it just made me think of when I started dancing, I took free classes at the community center. And... And, you know, I just thought it was so much fun. And then I continued and continued. And it made me think of, you know, me going to my community dance classes. And then I went to a small dance school and I ended up um, having to uh, I worked through high school and I paid for my classes and my costumes. Meanwhile, if, you know, there was an upper like a really rich kid, she'd be going to a dance academy yeah. and learning everything perfectly. And, and, you know, it's so weird. It just that again hit with hit me with the class thing mm -hmm. like. And I, Jordan Peele is like, I don't know, everybody's saying it, but he's just so brilliant because he's brought to you a story with a regular black family, not making a thing of it. Yeah. And showing you that they also have to struggle with class. And even though they've, again, I, I think I'm repeating myself, but they've reached this point of where they're acceptable, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah they still have to struggle. And anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm it's, digressing. No, it's, it, but it's it, like, it's all, you know, okay, so, so you brought up Jordan Peele. It's, it's incredible to see how he's telling his stories. Like, I don't think it's a fluke that now he's going to start doing Twilight Zone on TV. No. Um, he has said that there will be more films of these. I thought I heard that there's two more to come. Mm -hmm. I know there's at least one. Um, you know, here's a guy who was raised on this kind of culture who's saying there's more stories than what we've been telling, you know, they're, 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 that, that, yeah, we, we've, we've told, we've told the boogeyman story and we've told the home invasion story and we've told the ones that have metaphors for all these other things. But I had these experiences growing up and I think I can work those into this. He even, like, I mean, he even just said that he was kind of terrified and, fascinated by the idea of doppelgangers mm -hmm. right so i mean that's the thing it's it's not just a doppelganger story it's a doppelganger story that has things on its mind about them about class about you know what, what we're all trying to do um I, I think it's it's crazy to say this about an artist who works into his filmmaking career i'm in any movie this man makes i will see i know can i make a prediction please do I suspect he's doing a trilogy. Really? Um, that's my guess. Okay. Because he's done one about race. This one, I think, among other things, it's about class. Yes. I'm wondering if he's going to do something about gender. I would suspect that's coming. Yeah. I, I, that's I, thought, my, I thought that was going to be this. Yeah. Because, really. I mean, he does kind of, because um, Adelaide is such a strong character and, you know, she is like this she protects she wants to protect her family she wants to protect what she's worked for yeah you know and if you've seen the movie you know why yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so um yeah i don't know i just feel like he's gonna come up with something about gender I, as i said i thought i heard four um yeah. you know if, if it's three then i'll consider myself like happy and lucky and take my three yeah yeah and then whatever he wants to do after that 
Uh, I, I, I'm even curious what he wants to tell if he gets out of the realm of horror and thriller. Like if yeah. he wants to start doing sci-fi or if he even just wants to do drama. Yeah. He's a really talented writer. You see this on Key and Peele, like on the TV show that he did oh. with Keegan-Michael Key. You see this kind of thing in these like little slivers Right, so like if it, to to use your you know you're the fan of cheese, you see you <laughs> we've gone years watching him drag that little slicer yep. over the end of the cheese block. We're now getting like full bricks yep. of 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 what he can do and what he can create. Um, the other thing I love about this movie and take a drink, people. We saw it in Get Out as well. Is my God, are they handsome? Um, <laughs> you know, you cannot dispute this. Part of what leads so many genre films to get cranked out is, by and large, they are cheap mm-hmm. to make. Um, we've reached a cool point in film where now you can do incredible-looking things on the cheap. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but um, the look of this film, the sound of this film, the design of this film mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Um, just from top to bottom, whether we're in those tunnels or in the fun house uh whether we're in those you know those huge cottages or mm-hmm. even just their little kind of more modest cottage um every shot looks stunning just how the the placement of of characters the blocking everything was just really fascinating to me and just the color red Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, with the jumpsuits, with Red's name, but the just flare. yeah, the fl- like just how he accents everything with that color red. I now I'm gonna because I'm gonna go see it again, obviously, but yeah. I want to see what that kind of soaks in for me next time. Yeah, um, I do have a question, and I want to kind of phrase it delicately because I don't know, but I, and I don't mm-hmm. want to make it seem like I'm, I'm asking because like you're the expert or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I am curious as a photographer about how the, this film was shot. Because the cinematographer is uh, Mike uh, Giolakis is a white boy. Ooh. The cast, of course, is all people of color. Right, and which is uh, it, it's it's dumb. And I say this again as a photographer: <laughs> you're not really trained, yeah, to capture what works and what does not. And yet, coming like thinking back on the whole thing, it always looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Including, let's be honest, Lupita is stunning, but can pose a challenge. Well. And here's the if you thing. don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I used to be a makeup artist. Hey, cool. All right. That's, <laughs> so, this, okay, yeah. good. So this is why I'm asking. And you could do the best makeup. I was saying this to, uh, I think I was saying it to Courtney or, or my boyfriend. I can't remember. But you could do the best makeup on the planet. Yeah. If it's not lit right, it's going to look like garbage. Right. So you, the, the lighting is hugely important. Um, and I went to see if... Uh, Beale Street could talk. Barry Jenkins was there. Yes. And so he said him and his uh, cinematographer, they had created a certain type of lighting. Okay. So to shoot black skin. Okay. Because obviously he saw there was a problem. Yes. Um, And I actually thought that I didn't, I actually didn't look up the cinematography because I just assumed that. um, For this or for Beale Street? For, for, um, for us. Okay. I, I just assumed that it was someone black or obviously they know was, what they're yeah, doing. I mean, yeah, yeah that was, they that know was my, that was my intention as well. I get yeah. like either the cinematographer did their homework or Peel had it in might. Yeah. Um, I mean, oddly enough, Beale Street as well and mm-hmm. Moonlight actually, mm-hmm. uh, James Laxton is also a white boy. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that I think about in art. It's not hard. No. You know, like 
it's it, it requires attention and just knowing tailoring your approach to your subject but the approach for so long has been on the same kind of subject yeah um did you, know, you did you see that whole debate about um black actresses uh what they didn't have hairstylists on set for them. Oh, uh, who's bringing that? Was it Yvette? Was bringing uh, yeah, that Yvette, up recently? Nicole, yeah, she right, said yeah. she said I've shown up with like my own product, my own palette. Yeah, for ever because like, all it takes is one time and you're screwed. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. That that should be a given. Yeah. You should accommodate everybody on your cast. Yes, as, and that goes to the lighting. You have to know how to light all skin tones, everything. Yeah, like if you don't, go learn it. Yeah. Read a book. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, you know. That's yeah, a, the thing is, is you get you get some incredible results in this movie. Like one of the iconic images in this movie is little Adelaide in that fun house yes. and she's blue. Yeah. Right. It, and, and like, it looks incredible on her. Mm -hmm. I, I, I dare say it. If she was a little white girl, it would not look the same. No, you know, you're presented with along with presented with new challenges to get it right. Mm -hmm. You're also presented with new opportunities to create something special. And it should never be a challenge in the first place no. you know it should never be um thought of as a challenge because someone's skin tone is different to no. another person's like that that's to me it's absurd um but that is basically that is a challenge in itself living in a world that is you know basically ruled under like white supremacy yeah. you know yeah. i mean yeah. That's no, just absolutely. how it is, you yeah. know? And, yeah, if you yeah. haven't done it before, yeah. you know, you find yourself a model and figure it out. Figure it out. You know? Yeah, but, and it's then not just, that hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. It's, you know, experiment. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've been talking about this film in the abstract for quite some time. Mm -hmm. We are going to sound the spoiler gong now. So uh, we will actually, before we go into spoiler territory, we'll kind of jump to the end of uh, how we usually end our reviews here on the matinee cast with... Um, a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you could take away, oh, you've got. It. She's already like dancing Good in her seat. Dance. What, what would be your souvenir? From okay. Us? Um, I was thinking, no, not the red jumpsuit, not the, <laughs> not the scissors. I want the boat, the crawdaddy boat. You want the boat? Yeah. It's a dump it's of a boat, so, man. It's I mean, garbage. I like the boat. Yeah. And it keeps going around in circles and circles. And Peels circles. to the left. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, now is there meaning in that boat? Does that mean that Gabe? is kind of he doesn't have a propeller and he needs Adelaide to be his propeller could be, or could be yeah, yeah on his own on his own he does not have a rudder yeah, yeah. he so that's the rudder sorry yeah, see I don't I got it I don't even know I want yeah. a boat I don't even know the, the bits and bits bits and bobs of a boat <laughs> but yeah Carolyn I, I'll sell you this boat but you should know the rudder's yeah. broken yeah, yeah no sure whatever I'll get a like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I just thought the boat was really kind of ridiculous and I loved it okay so, yeah. um <laughs> I do want those scissors um yeah. I, I really Really, I found it to be like I mean I, I kind of as I'm getting older I've got this weird fascination with uh, with knives like, uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no but with objects that are kind of a little bit more timeless so like I like like I, I went to London and the one one of the things I came back with for myself was a compass um, oh, I still wear a watch that has a face mm -hmm. those, those, those those kinds of things so like seeing something utilitarian like that mm -hmm. I love and they're really well designed and they're freaky because I mean if you just saw them sitting on a table you wouldn't think anything of it but the second somebody picks them up you're like oh damn yeah you know so I kind of want a pair yeah. Um, I wager that they were probably being thrown, not literally thrown around, but like offered up as like promotional item for this movie. Yeah, they um, did. A few people I saw on Twitter yeah. got So I, I want a pair. Um, I have a question for you, though. Sure. What do you think the scissors symbolize? Because that was a tough one for me. I mean, 
you know, the, the whole idea that they were, they wanted to be on, I, I think that's the idea that you want to be untethered. You don't want to have to call to God mm-hmm. knowing that God is not listening. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to cut the apron string, cut the umbilical cord. You mm-hmm. want to be able to move on your own. Um, you, I, I would not have got that until towards the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, if, if that, those last few scenes had been locked off, um, and it had just been like, whew, okay, we got away from them, but they were coming at us with scissors. Yeah. I don't think I would have got that. Um, but that, that was my takeaway. Did, 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 you, did you came up with something else? I kind of thought, I'm like, you know how you like, like if you're in a heist and mm-hmm. you're like, I want my cut. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, like. I'm yeah. like that. Those scissors. You know, they I got want five on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, anyway. okay. <laughs> so we're going to rate this film on a scale of one to four stars. Carolyn Morissette, Jordan Peele's us. Four, 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 four stars. There, I sang it. <laughs> I'm somewhere in between a three and a half and a four. Mm-hmm. This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's versatile, that it can just exist in its own little box. Or if you want to open the box, you can find out how deep it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it left me off center. I just don't know how I feel about that yet, just two days after watching it. So I'm going to be conservative and say three and a half. Yeah. Um, also, just because it didn't hit me as hard on first watch as Get Out did, and that for me was a four. Yeah. So if I'm judging the same storyteller in the same playground. For, re- for reaction. Yeah. yeah. Right wise, now, yeah. I got to say three and a half. That could change later. Hey, maybe you hated this movie. Maybe you love this movie. Let us know. Ryan at the matinee.ca, Twitter, matinee underscore CA, or Facebook. What did you think of Jordan Peele's Us? And be warned, all ye who enter here, we are going to spoil the holy hell out of Us right now. up good vibrations she's giving me the excitations i'm backing up okay so they switched mm-hmm. they that opening that we saw that we cut away from adelaide did not make it out of that fun house red made it out of that fun house and adelaide is the one who's been underground for 30 years um, which, by the way, if that's 30 years, she's looking good. I know. <laughs> you know, she's a little rough around the edges, but that could just be taken as a neat little rug pull mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Neat little sixth sense she was dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I really think that gets to the core of this movie, what makes it work, and what changes everything we saw. Totally, yeah. Um, I take it that twist worked for you. Yeah. And it's funny because I kind of had an inkling towards the, like at the beginning of the film, something the mother says. Can I say? Please. Yeah, yeah, we're full on. Yeah. So, um, you know, when they're at the therapist Mm -hmm. and she's sitting there and she's watching her parents talk to the therapist and the, the mother says, I just want my daughter back. Oh, shit. And I was sitting there going, wait a minute. I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah. And then I'm, then she, I'm like, I was right. Well, see, now when, yeah. when I go back to watch this again, and I will, yeah. um, I will, I'm actually going to look for Red's reaction to that statement. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's what I want to look for is like, does she know? Because she kind of, she just, because you know how she kind of had that kind of weird, vacant stare. Yeah. She's just staring at her mother. And then she wasn't really talking when the parents were trying to engage and they were arguing in the car and that sort of thing. And I'm like, what's up with that kid? Yeah. You know, is she that traumatized that she can't talk? Yeah. Or was she 
the actual um, doppelganger that kind of switched out. But anyway, yeah. the, I kind of well, had an inkling, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it recontextualizes everything because I mean, just on the surface being faced with being faced with an intruder, mm-hmm. being faced with a copy of yourself being, you know, having your children in the fray on its own is terrifying, but coming, you know, like, like, Lapita knowing in those moments, and she would have, knowing in those moments, this is a reckoning. Yep. Right? I, I, and she has already explained to Gabe what she went through, stopping it just short. Now, recontextualizing it with that, recontextualizing it with what I got away from, I've now just caught up to, or Mm -hmm. has caught up to me, adds a whole other thing to the whole thing. It's like a whole, uh, that aspect of survival of the fittest. And I feel like that's what Americans tend to go for. It's like kind of their wild west. Like if you, you know, you got to take what you, you, you want. Yeah. Take, go for it. Take, take it. And that's what Red did. She took that position. Mm -hmm. She wanted out. Yeah. And she did it. And, and to think that she's a little girl doppelganger and she was like, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and they actually, did they not, um, uh, oh no, that was, um, the actual Adelaide that got switched out. Okay. She was the only one that could talk as well. Yes. Because I mean, because she would have had six or seven years of speaking, speaking, right. Realize like that, that, that lends itself to how she now speaks because she hasn't spoken in so long that, that it's, it's now turned into this very, very like it, one, it completely now lends credence to why, mm-hmm. you know, because that was the thing was when it was just, she speaks that way because she's the boogeyman. Yeah. And it's like, mm, is this kind of like some strange caricature that, mm-hmm. you know, like, what what are we doing here with this? Now it kind of, it gives proper bedrock to that idea. Choked as well, too, yeah. which damaged. And yes. Um, so, and that to me kind of, it's just like vying for that spot, yeah. like clawing for that spot. And I, I guess um, the uh, like the American dream is kind of like you need to claw to the top, in a way, you know. Like I don't know, it just well, it freaked I, me out a it lot. Does, it, yeah, yeah. Me, like me too. You yeah. know, absolutely. Um, and I think about the idea of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Of, yes. of, of you're not you're like you are terrified that you are somewhere that you're not supposed to be, and, and at any moment you're going to get found out, and everybody's going to know. And I mean, so many of us feel that even when we are completely where we are supposed to be, yep. the idea that you are absolutely not supposed to be where you are and how just paralyzing that must be. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it's an incredible metaphor. Um, and we'll, like, I, I'm just going on what I was able to remember and what mm-hmm. I was able to read. Yeah. You know, everything from when she's when she's uh, like looking back at her son in the car when she's looking back at uh, Jason mm-hmm. when they're playing get five on it and she's saying like get on the rhythm mm-hmm. she's not actually on the rhythm no i was i know yeah. so i'm like what you know What's and, and here? it seems absurd it's yeah. like can lapita not act it's like no 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 that's for a reason yeah it's nuts it is it's 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 not just in they were dead the whole time twist yeah it's like that. That is a turn that has a lot of layers to it. Yeah, you know. Um, 
and, and I mean, could that's the thing. Like this movie could turn into a trilogy of movies on its own. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. It really, really is. There's guilt in that turn. There's revenge in that turn. Um, the scissors as the weapon now makes perfect sense. Um, was there more to like to like now that we're in full on spoilers? Yeah, you know, it kind of made you revolve who you sympathized with. Oh yeah, it really? Like you were oh, just like, oh, do I who 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 who? Yeah, <laughs> like they both had. You know, I can understand why the uh, why the doppelganger wanted to come up to the upside world. As I a can, child, you know, as, or a now? Chi- as a child, okay. and as to protect her position now, because she, you know, even though it was taken, her position, she took that position. Yeah, she kind of stole it. Yeah, um, she wants to keep it, and you can't blame her. No, and then you can't blame Red for wanting to come back to where she was supposed to be. You can't blame her either. So. It's just this push and pull kind of thing, and you're just torn. I was torn. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. After the big reveal, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it just, it really hits you in the gut. And, and then, like, on top of that, like, you've got to feel bad for, remind me. I, 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 how, Jason knows now, right? Like, was Jason able to piece it together? He might have. He, he, I got the I, Impression yeah. that he kind of figured something out. Yeah, I think he did figure something out. Yeah, and I, I want to see it again because I want because when he at the end when they're looking at each other, yeah, there's and like he's holding a rabbit, and I'm like everyone's probably thinking, oh, that's cute. He he saved a rabbit, but then what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like then, I want to know yeah, what and, that and means. And he puts his mask back on. Yeah, and, you know, like like again with the yeah. symbolism and the metaphors. Like I can't face you. I'm wearing yeah. my mask now. Okay, mom, whatever you say. You know, like and the only reason why you would know you still make me live in the tunnels. Yeah, like you, <laughs> you only know like he's Jason because the, his doppelganger had a disfigurement. Right. Like he was so that's the only reason why you know because then you're like, okay, who's who? Who's who? And then uh, someone had pointed out like. Um, when the uh, Zora's doppelganger, when she was finally dying mm-hmm. uh, in the tree, yeah. and Adelaide was like, you know, um, soothing her. Yeah. You're like, that's an odd reaction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was, it's interesting. So it's, yeah. It, I, yeah, it absolutely colors how she reacts, certainly how she reacts to the children dying. Because, I mean, yeah. We see a bunch of the doppelganger stuff. We don't see that many of them go. Actually, no. for how many of them there are, we see the we see the rich white family go, uh, and we see uh, and we see the the um, we see this family go as well. Mm-hmm. But we don't see we don't really go beyond that into the greater threat, yeah. which is pretty damn huge. Um, but for her to actually have a moment of empathy and sadness. Mm-hmm. In seeing two children die, yeah, um, we understand why because really and truly they should have been hers, yeah, or you know like they, they wouldn't have been because she switched out at six, um, or I, I can't remember exactly how old she was supposed to be. Yeah, she's like young, six or eight. Yeah, she's, she, yeah. She's, yeah. Young, yeah, she's a kid. Young. Yeah, but but like switch out as a child, she yeah. knows that that they would have been hers. Yeah, um, or could have been like she looks. I mean, you're looking at the doubled face of your own child. Yeah, but it makes a lot. It gives them a lot more weight. As to why they would terrify her when it's like those should have been my kids. Yeah, that you that know? guilt and yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. uh, this is 
This is an incredible movie. We could be talking until rapture about how much is in this movie. <laughs> it's so true. Um, you know, and, and then on top of it all, I worry about getting over into like room 237 territory oh, where a chair is just a chair. You know, I'm like, you know, maybe they were just bunnies. I, don't, I, know, I, don't, exactly. you know, I worry about that kind of thing. I, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that was put in there deliberate. And I also worry that there's a bunch of stuff that was put in there saying, Somebody's going to pick up some meaning on this. Yeah. And that's what I love about Jordan Peele. He's just sitting there with this sneaky smile. Yeah. He has a sneaky smile because you know he's up to something. Yeah. And that's why I love him. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, uh, you know, it, like, I'm happy he got an Oscar for his first time out. Yeah. Uh, because, like, now, like, now he's on house money. Yeah. Right now he can just, like, he's got studios just saying, go make your thought, go make your thing. Yeah. You know, produce what you want to produce and create smarter stuff for a new class and a wider class of audience. Yeah. You know, cause it's proven with black Panther with get out. People are buying out theaters for black audiences to go and see themselves on screen. Yeah, so this movie's about yeah. to make a ton of money. Yeah. So um, like, what, yeah, we're, like we're talking about this on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're saying that it's going to set like a, an R rated record for, mm -hmm. for a first like horror film. That's like not a sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people will see this stuff because we're, you know, 100 years into the genre, 100 something years into the genre, and there's a void yeah. of this kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah. tell these stories, and especially tell them this way, mm -hmm. because I love talking for an hour yeah. about what is and does not mean things in these movies. Um, come on back, people. That's so much about us, and I still feel like we barely scratched the surface. Uh, but we are going to talk about some more movies after this. It's the other side coming right up. We're back. It's Matt Nakecast 219. She's Carolyn Morissette. I'm Ryan McNeil. We've been talking about us for Peel's new movie. Um, <laughs> this might take a while because I feel like this is the kind of movie that lends itself to a lot of other ideas, um, both just easy and deeper pulls. But um, you get us started. What was a movie or a few? Like, what was a film that bubbled up to the surface when you came away from us thinking this could make for some good for the um, do you know what? It's really weird. Uh, there's a movie, I think it's 1973 or 72. It's called Deathline. Okay. Uh, or yeah, the, I think the American name was Raw Meat. And I, what? I think, now you're just making a movie. Yeah, no, I know. So it's basically about um, a... Okay, how can I describe this? So it's about uh, this uh, a student and her boyfriend they come across a man who, uh, in the subway, okay. is, this in, is this in London? Okay. And the, comes Come across a man in the subway, he's passed out, and uh, they call for help, and he disappears. And so the, they're accused of, um, of hurting this man. Right. And it turns out that there is a, 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 a cannibal sub-dweller who is a descendant of... Um, uh, workers who was who were digging out a tunnel, 
Oh, wow. And they, the tunnel collapsed, and okay. the company that was uh, financing this didn't want to spend the money to rescue them. Oh, wow. So they became like a society under, like in the underground. Holy crap. And they became cannibals because they don't really have that much food. So they were, so this guy had basically was getting food for his pregnant partner oh my who God. eventually dies and he's just like this one lone guy he's like just a mess he's got boils he's just he's a mess and so he um i think i'm convoluting the story because i i just watched it the other night because i when i thought when i saw us i'm like i have to watch this again okay um but so uh donald pleasance is in it and he plays a detective um, and one thing that really popped out for me, so he's this kind of bumbling, drunken detective, and he's not really doing his job properly. And Christopher Lee is in it as well. Of course. And so Donald Pleasance, and he always had to have a cup of tea. Oh, shit. And then it made me think of Get Out with right. the teacup, yeah. and he's always stirring his yeah. tea. And I'm okay. like, oh, my God, this would be a perfect film oh, to watch with us. Anyway, um, um, yeah, anyway. The, this, so. the, the poster for this movie is bananas in the way yeah. that the normal <laughs> 70s posters are. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The American title is uh, Deathline. Yeah. Uh, the, the, sorry, Deathline is the British title. Yeah. Raw Meat is the American title. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always... I will admit that I'm kind of freaked out by stories of things going on underneath us. So we we mm -hmm. kind of there was another movie that kind of touched on that um, like 15 years ago or so called Creep yes! with Franca Patenta. I love that movie. Yeah, I think yeah. you might be the first person I've yeah. talked to who's actually seen that I movie. I love that movie. You know, yeah. As a person who uses the subway like yeah. most of my life, it's it's I'm, I I kind of exist in this little bubble down there. I just go and I got my book and I got my yeah. headphones and I'm okay. But I always think that I am like one real good power out away from being in big trouble, you know, or yep. one good, like, you know, like collapse from being in big trouble. And that is, yeah, that is really freaky. The idea that the people building it yeah. were, were what did this. I mean, again, that, that kind of actually touches on the idea of class, right? Because yep. the workers were left down there. They were left and, you know? yeah, they had to fend for the. And then you, I personally felt, I felt so bad for this one sole guy who's, you know, this man who's a descendant from these, you know, poor workers. He's turned into this monster. Yeah. And he has to fend for himself. Yeah. And there's a scene where um, he uh, kidnaps this young, beautiful, by the way, she had the best shag haircut ever. <laughs> um, so he kidnaps her because he wants another wife. He wants to continue his lineage. And her boyfriend comes and she he rescues her. And he's trying. He's gonna beat the crap out of this guy. And she's like, "Stop!" And like, there's this a famous uh, line that the the cannibal guy says. He's like, "Mind well, her the hair doors." Is incredible. Yeah, it's great, eh? It's like it's like yeah. uh, um, Jane, Jane Fonda. Yeah, Jane Fonda and Clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the thing he can, only thing he could say is "Mind the doors," because that's what the oh conductor "Mind the doors," and it just breaks your heart. And I felt like he was like the tethered and yeah. you know they they weren't considered and and they had to live this life and mimic what was going on above ground it just it just yeah oh, that's God. what made me think it's nuts it's yeah. incredible um that's that's an amazing i i, I kind of want to see that i gotta yeah, see if I can get my mitts on that it's one. a little cheesy that's fine no I, I mean again i'm looking at the poster so i could and i'll probably i'll put a yeah. copy of the poster in the show notes yeah. so if you're wondering what i'm talking about go to the post <laughs> for this page and take a look at the poster for raw beat yeah Ugh. 
Um, okay, so I'm going to start with like kind of an easy one um, off the top, and it's not that old. I think it's about six or seven years old now, but it kind of follows in this pattern of taking, um, you know, taking a modern problem and hanging it on horror. Um, one that I thought about as far as a genre film that's got some brains to it and still is actually really freaky is It Follows. Oh, yeah. From 2013? Yeah, yeah. 2012? Um, and if people haven't seen this movie, I kind of feel like anybody who watches this, uh, who listens to this podcast probably has seen this movie. 2014 is when it's from. Five years ago. Man, time flies. Um, it Follows. The demon is basically an STD. Yeah. You know, the, the, the demon will come after you uh, until you have sex with another and basically pass on the demon to them, mm-hmm. uh, in which point it will follow them until it kills them and then it's coming back for you. Mm. Um, one, it's, it's again like Get Out and like uh, Us, it's really well executed. I, I, it's, I, you know, I feel bad saying this as kind of like a person who doesn't really watch too much genre film although it is getting more and more as i get older you can mm-hmm. parse that as you will um <laughs> but i you have a easier time getting me into it if it looks good mm-hmm. you know again uh careful wellness it's yeah. a horrible movie i feel it follows <laughs> and honestly you know, there's so much better but i'm like yeah. well it looks pretty yeah you know like you, you dazzle me with pretty pictures um i i love the idea of hanging the metaphor of um everything from promiscuity to rape culture to sexually transmitted diseases to, to again, gender politics on something that is coming to destroy you. Mm -hmm. Um, They even at one point in this movie bring up the point, bring up the fact that the, the main girl who's kind of at the center of the the terror Mm -hmm. for most of the movie, that it should be easier for her to shake it because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And all she's got to do is just find a good, like find a willing guy, which should be easy. And it's like, well, okay. A couple things. One, no, it's not always mm-hmm. Two, we're st- wait a minute. We're just on this kind of weird double standard of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having sex with you for purpose, but if you're, a, if you're a woman, that's okay. Yeah. If you're a guy, Oh no, it's like, no, no, no that's always wrong. Yeah. No matter, you know, and, and but it, it should be okay. Cause you're a cute young blonde girl. You've seen this movie. I'm sure you love this movie. Yeah. Um, you know what? It was one of it wasn't one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Kind of. I had some issues with it. Like what? Um. Well, I mean, this is just a technical thing, but sure. there's a scene where so after she gets tossed out of the car mm-hmm. by you know the guy that transmits the demon to her, she's taken to a hospital and there's a male nurse with her. And I'm like, well, if she's been assaulted, I don't know, unless they asked her permission, that was kind of omitted. That kind of bothered me. Right. I just, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that was actually what would have happened. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it just bothered me that the the demon, I like a good mythology. Oh, okay. And I just yeah. felt like it just didn't have a good um, a good enough background for me. Okay. Okay, and like, I mean, like that yeah. could be the, that. That's one of those things. That's the difference yeah. between it follows and us. Is yeah. I mean, with us, the tethered are really well drawn out. Yes. really like mapped yeah. out. Of this is what's there. This is where they're hiding. This yeah. is you know what they had in mind. You know, as much as sometimes I do like a boogeyman that just is. Yeah, right. 
you can only kind of play that card so many times. So, you know, I, I, yeah. So I, I follow what you're saying. I was okay with it and I mm-hmm. ran with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's for sure of, of something that could, that could kind of hold it back for sure. Um, I feel like it's been, it's, it's weird. The other thing too is I feel like these movies lend themselves better to being watched at night. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, I did see it follows in the middle of the day and still I came away from it kind of having that, feeling of heebie-jeebies and and being disturbed us oddly enough if, if i want to kind of play my same hand here i saw it like late at night i saw that one at like 10 o'clock mm-hmm. so i had to walk up the street like 12 30 at night <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but at the same time because my brain was just going over so many of the little details i was actually okay yeah so it's strange like time of day you know sometimes it's a scary true. movie is just a scary movie but um, it follows, I will say, really constructs a, a an excellent feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. Like, because sometimes if I see someone staring, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, that's, that's what I love about that yeah. movie. And I mean, also mm-hmm. what it comes like with what those two movies have in common, what it follows in us is mm-hmm. you can't always tell which one is the which one is the presence. Yeah, right. Is that person just behind you, or is that the demon that's coming? Yeah. Is that the doppelganger, or is that you know, your friend Adelaide. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No. Um, what else you got? Oh, uh, I also thought of Nightbreed. No, Clive Barker. I have not seen Nightbreed. Oh, it's so good. I don't know if you've got, um, it's it's uh, streaming now on Shutter, Shutter I believe. Okay. I think it's the director's cut. Anyway, I think uh, my boyfriend got the Clive direct- Barker. Yeah. Of course it's yeah. Clive Barker. And um, my boyfriend got the director's cut, I believe, on some fancy schmancy Blu-ray. So we watched it, and there were a few scenes that were deleted. And it's, it actually makes for a better film, but okay. um, and it's basically just about um, uh, this guy who comes across uh, a whole subculture of um, supernatural beings. And he, um, I read the book like when I was a teenager too. And so he basically becomes a part of this, um, they're called the Nightbreed. Okay. And uh, I believe he gets stabbed and then they bring him back to life. Okay. I'm, I'm so bad with recounting stories. You I'm have like, seen this movie, I've seen you? it, but I'm like, <laughs> just picture your crazy aunt trying to recount a movie to you. That's me. <laughs> I'm like the worst. But the guy. He the was guy, and he has the thing on his and face, the and then he goes, and the guy rips his face off in the hospital. It's and, a fun game sometimes. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. But yeah, like that really, because they're a whole subculture um and david cronenberg's in it and he plays the uh um i forget what his name is but he plays the uh horrible antagonist that comes after them and he wants to to dr philip k decker yes doc decker that's it i'm cheating i have the internet yeah no dr decker please don't read too far into that so he comes after them and he wants to study them and he wants to destroy them and like yeah it's it's such a great film and it just shows like the subculture where they're not respected and they have to live underground and they have to keep they're on the run so for me that really those two films kind of you know these people who live um as a subculture and aren't really acknowledged okay uh, so that's now this is where i'm gonna ask like i'm again i, I when i'm when when my guests are talking about these kinds of things, I usually kind of do a quick Google and, and catch up if it's if it's not the film that I know, which is what I'm doing right now. So again, I'm saying I'm looking at a poster. This is one of those movies where I feel like I'm going to have to kind of squint my eyes a little bit and look past some low-budge production, aren't I? Um, yeah, it's a little bit. But the <laughs> if, creature- you're, if you have to go like, if you, your sentence starts with um, yeah, then yes, well, I will. 
apparently there's like a history of like just like production issues and stuff with that film. Okay. Um, but the creature design is incredible. Okay. Yeah. You really have to just go in for the creature design and for the story. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like I've had this, this yeah. sales pitch before. No, there was like a huge doesn't issue. doesn't always work out that well for me. If you can get the Blu-ray, they have like um, a little bit of a documentary about what happened. And there were some issues with Clive Barker and like the production company. And there's so many issues with it that, um, yeah, that's why it looks the way it looks. Um, I yeah. mean, not, it's not going to be one of my choices for another side, but I know another film that us kind of draws from a little bit that Nightbreed kind of looking at it a little bit reminds me of a bit is Lost Boys as well. Oh, yes. You know, like the whole, yeah. the, you know, 80s California, like Nightbreed, I don't know if it is in California, but mm -hmm. that whole idea that there's more going on out in the open and, you know, where in areas that like humans are supposed to be having fun mm -hmm. and, that, and that kind of thing that, that's underground. Did, uh, you, did you hear about the Easter egg there? No. Lost Boys? No. So apparently... There's this when the um, Adelaide's a little girl at the carnival yep. with her parents. That's the same um, peer. peer as the Lost Boys. Oh, okay. This is I read this in an article somewhere, right. and then they said that um, the mother made reference to a film being made, and so th oh, they think that it was supposed okay. to the be time, Lost. Yeah, Boys. the time yeah. lines up. Okay. Yeah. Right, so right. that's interesting that you make that connection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. Which is, um, that's one of my favorites too. But anyway. <laughs> One another another one that I did think of is, um, you know, I, I, I when I thought about the idea of like a home invasion movie, mm -hmm. um, is one that I only saw for the first time a few years ago. I want to say I saw for the first time maybe two years ago. Um, Audrey Hepburn, Wait Until Dark. Hmm. You've seen that movie. Which one is that? Give me the plot. So that's the one. It's a Terrence Young movie, um, and um, she's. Uh, Hepburn is blind. That's it. Yes, I did. Um, I have seen. I've seen some of that film. I haven't seen all of it. And there's there's some some crooks that basically want to rip off something from her house. Yes. And they're working. They're trying to work out how to do it, and have they actually do, like the thing is is that they they don't actually want to. They want to do it without her in the way. Mm -hmm. But as it you know when plans go awry she gets into the fray as well. It's got the, the, the kind of iconic image from it is her holding up a match yes. to seek, which yeah. is weird because, I mean, she's blind. So really it shouldn't matter. But she's striking matches to, to, to like kind of like make in the house to, like, to give it some light. Yeah. Um, I thought about that when I thought about Jason playing with his, his lighter and, you know, his doppelganger is always playing with fire as well. Um, it's, um, it's a different kind of... Home Invasion Terror, like it's not, I mean, the easy pull with Home Invasion is um, Funny Games? No. Funny Games, yeah, yeah. Funny Games is usually and the one that everybody goes to. Um, but this was one that I wanted to think of, of, you know, it's, you're, you're feeling the most safe in mm -hmm. your own four walls, mm -hmm. when in reality, you're still just as vulnerable as you ever were, not to mention the fact that in the case of this movie, Wait Until Dark, it's a blind woman, so it's kind of, Vulnerability upon vulnerability upon vulnerability. Yeah. Um, that that all kind of gets like thrown like like exploited all at once. Um, I like kind of by the by the way you're reacting, I kind of feel like you saw it, but like a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Like I and I think I didn't see the the whole thing. Like I, yeah, I remember it seeing, off. 
Yeah, I, I think I was saw you bored? it. I don't know if I had to go out somewhere. I think it might have been on TCM. <laughs> My phone rang. Something, yeah, 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 but I know I missed part of it. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 that's one on my list okay. of films I feel like you dig it. It's, it's, it's really, yeah. it, like, it is really yeah. well done. I mean, you're watching Hepburn, so, yeah. you know, Alan Arkin's in that movie as well. Um, it, it, it holds up yeah. very, very nicely, I think, um, as, as a nice little, you know, like, as, a, as an example of home invasion terror, mm-hmm. um, as, as a double with um, us. Um, what else you got, though? Because I'm sure you have more. Um, or was that it? Well, this... It's not really like home invasion or anything, but I kind of made me think of falling down as well with Michael Douglas. Interesting. Yeah, I, and the, just because he's in this, it's kind of like a. It's it's weird. It's like he had everything and then he lost it, right? Yeah. And so he goes berserk, and so he was a have, and then now he's a have not. Right. And he moves through this world of the have-nots. Yeah. And uh, it just, it, yeah, it was just interesting to me, like, it, the, the tethered wanting to come up, to rise up, and he's kind of gone down into that world. So that it just it just kind of, a, there's like a very thin <laughs> I mean, well, thread no, no, there. It's, but, it's there yeah. because, I mean, it makes me think of, when I think about us as a, for instance, I think about, I do think about the white family mm-hmm. who have that huge cottage. That yeah. have it wired with that stupid little thing that's standing in for okay google the standing in for alexa yes that yeah. plays them their music yeah and you know has a neat little twist with nwa yeah um but i mean okay you know here's a very rich family that can afford a very rich home has two beautiful teenage twin daughters yeah you've got everything you want you're still not safe no you are one really bad day away from losing it all right and that's yeah. Falling down, it wasn't, it was kind of one bad day. Yeah. But it was like, it was kind of a series of bad days that just really sent him over Over, the edge. Yeah. So it is a good, it is a good thing. It's just like, really, you think that you've acquired, you think that you've got your status, that you were, whatever it is, like, I'm not, you know, I've risen up above lower class, I'm Mm -hmm. middle class, or I'm upper class, or I have something that somebody else is trying to chase me for. It's a it's a great comparison because really how close are you to just losing it all and being right back where you started? Yeah. And that sense of entitlement, like the um, Tim Heidecker's family and, you know, Elizabeth Mott, they had that kind of sense of entitlement. Like, yeah, we have money, you know, look at my, I just got something done and, you know, I got a new car and it just kind of. Like it's expected. Like she got the surgery. The oh, surgery, look, I got yeah. a little something. A little something I mean, yeah. which, which, like, even that is its is its own kind of head scratcher mm-hmm. because it's Elizabeth Moss. Like Elizabeth Moss, you know what you look like, and yet yeah. you're getting yourself surgery. Yeah, it's like you're. You know what? Trust me, I used to work at a dermatologist's office, and I'm like, why are you in here? Yeah, but it's just that constant striving to be this thing. Yeah. That is unattainable. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and yeah. the second, yeah, the second you lose your complete grip on it. Yeah. You're faced into going towards what uh, you know what Michael Douglas goes through and falling down. Yeah. Um, no, it's that that's that's a really good comparison actually. Um, and you know if you if you had watched Lost Boys as well, they're both Joel Schumacher movies. Oh, uh, there you go. Done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's I think that's a good. One. That's I I mean the other one I thought about and I probably just kind of tap on it really quickly. It's, it's the easy pull um, is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh yes, of um, course. Yeah. You know like, I now mm-hmm. I go for the. The 1950 something black oh, and white. Oh yes, yeah. You go for the you go for the 70s one, right? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah. I've never seen that all the way through. Yeah. Does it end the same way that the, the black and white one ends? I like, can't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Does somebody yell at the camera at the end of the movie? I can't remember. No. I'm old. Sounds I'm like sorry. a barn burner then. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd have to rewatch it. But, um, you know, the one that makes me, I, I laugh at, um, mm. what the hell? Um, oh my God. What was her name? She had like a French name. It was like, not the Nicole Kidman remake. The one before that. I think there was it was one before that. I think so. There was a '93 version that was terrible. Uh, oh, with Gabrielle Arnoir. Arnoir. That's that's it, Gabrielle. Oh, that was. Man. Bad. I mean, yeah. That looks that looks terrible. The only thing that I mean, well, it's got Meg Tilly in it. It's got Arlie Ermey in it. It's got Forrest Whitaker in it. Yeah. But that I I don't even remember. It was this. not good. Oh, it's just that it looks. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it, like, the crazy thing is, you know, anytime you're getting into movies about doppelgangers and doubles, it should just write itself. Yeah. Right. The, the, the idea that you can't trust a person who you think, you know, should really just sell itself. But every once in a while, like if it's if it's, you know, it's kind of like what we we're saying, like. It shouldn't be that hard to light a person of color. Just do a little bit of homework. It looks like <laughs> yeah. the person who did this movie, uh, Abel Ferreira, as it is, actually, is the what? one who did Yeah. He's the one who did that that bad body snatcher. Yeah. Yeah. What? You know, it's, it's crazy. Oh, Just my God. Just a little bit of homework. And you should be able to do it. Um, Man, wow. I, yeah, we like that's <laughs> – listen, that's the cool thing about a movie like Us is that it really just sends you – scattered into 20 directions at yeah. once and just you know on top of being able to read that jordan peele sat his cast down and said you're going to watch these 10 movies because that's going to inform you and they were movies that we didn't even touch on stuff like the shining and sixth sense mm -hmm. and uh funny games mm -hmm. you know um that you can then go in all these other kinds of directions as well um and, and just kind of either find these movies for the first time or find new meaning in them. Um, that's what I, that's one of the great things I love when a movie does this kind of thing really well and doesn't mimic all of those other movies so much as it just kind of pulls on a thread, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I love that. love that so much. And we could be here talking till rapture, uh, but we both have colds <laughs> to nurse in case you can't hear that in our voices. Mine is almost shot. Um, so that is episode 219 of the matinee cast. I'd love to thank Carolyn Morissette for dropping by. Come on back on April 8th for episode 220. I don't entirely know what we're going to talk about in that episode. We might keep the horror train going and talk about Pet Cemetery. Uh, not really enthused to talk about Dumbo or Shazam as much as I am enthused to see those movies. Um, so if anybody has suggestions of a film that's coming out over the next two weeks that they'd like an episode on, uh, hey, drop me a line. Carolyn is uh, has her brand spanking new space, View from the Dark. You can find it on viewfromthedark.ca. Uh, what do you got going on there um, that people can look forward to? Well, well you're going to write about us. Yeah, I'm going to write about us. I just am doing a little bit more long form um, think pieces, I guess. Okay. Yeah, just stuff like if I if it hasn't gotten, if I've got a pitch and it doesn't get accepted or whatever, I'll just put it on my yeah. uh, website. Um, and uh, can I throw in a bit of bits? Absolutely, I was going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, Kelly Michael Stewart has been taking the bits on tour. So uh, next week, uh, March 27th to the 29th, he's going to Ottawa and Kingston. Nice. So if anybody's out in that area, head on out. And I'll also be doing um, 
uh, talk and introing the girl with the, all the gifts. Oh. Um, at Eyesore Cinema on the 28th. Very cool. Thursday, yeah, so if you want to come out for that. There'll be information yeah. for all of this in the show notes, yeah. so if you're curious about any or all of this, uh, please go on to matinee.ca for this episode, and uh, you can find links for all this. And again, thank you so much for coming all the way out here and braving your sinus infection. Uh, you've changed your Twitter handle. Where can, where can people find you on Twitter nowadays? Oh, it's uh, BFVFDPixie. <laughs> to close my eyes yeah because again i'm old and i have a cold so <laughs> my site is matinee.ca for more audio content you can find back episodes by going to the matinee.ca slash podcasting you can also find them on stitcher radio spotify Pocket Cast, google play blueberry apple's podcast app basically anywhere you find a podcast you can find me and if you don't let me know and i'll put it there um everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop feedback on us or any of the other movies or topics we talked about today can be left um, in the comment section of the site. You can email ryan at thematinee.ca Twitter where I'm matinee underscore ca or facebook.com slash darkmatinee Any final thoughts? Um, just go see us about four times. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna go to the cheese store before you go? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get some cheese. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For Carolyn, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee.